It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at clipit.tv or check them on Twitter at clipittv. You're listening to BGN Radio. Ryan, a Coleman to his left. Ryan rolls. Ryan pumps. Ryan is throwing it up in the air. Incomplete! Incomplete! And Taylor for Jones, incomplete! And the Eagles take over on downs with 58 seconds left. Oh, what's going on, Bleeding Green Nation? Welcome, welcome, welcome to a uh, bonus episode of BGN Radio as we are just a couple of weeks away from the draft. What happened? How did how did the NFL draft? just suddenly get here already oh yeah that's right uh, the eagles won the super bowl now i remember why we're forgetting all these things but i am excited uh for a couple of things one because you guys are doing a fantastic job of rating subscribing and reviewing the bgn radio podcast on itunes stitcher google play uh soundcloud tune in satchel all of your favorite podcast players that take reviews and five-star reviews, we are uh, getting a lot closer to that thousand review for uh, a wonderful pizza party somewhere. We will figure it out and have a great time. I'm excited for that, but I'm really excited that I got to sit down with Weber State's McKay Murphy, who has got a, a very interesting trajectory here as we are just 16 days or so away from the draft. I don't even know anymore, because and don't trust my math ever. They put me in charge of math and writing doing BGN radio, and I keep telling everybody not to do that, but for some reason, they just throw me back into the water like I'm uh, like I'm chum, chum for a shark, just ready to get uh, basically Howard Eskind, because I feel like me and him have the same writing fingers on Twitter. Uh, who cares about that? Let's get to McKay Murphy. I sat down with him a couple of days ago, and uh, just uh, all of a sudden, a lot of scouts wanted to talk to him after his pro day, and for a good reason. He's the son of Dale Murphy, which we certainly get into, which is kind of weird to bring up all the time, but you know, if you're uh, an older guy like I am, you uh, certainly know who his father was, but he's created a name all by himself, and we're happy to have him. This is McKay Murphy, Weber State defensive tackle, my conversation with him a couple days ago. And 
we turn our attention uh, to the uh, golden state of Utah, I don't know if it's golden, but it certainly seems like it when you pass through it, is we're going to talk to McKay Murphy, defensive tackle from Weber, not Weber State, as uh, people get that confused a lot. I've, I've been told they're, they're McKay, and uh, thanks for joining the show, my friend. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, let's get to the important stuff first. Would you rather fight Chuck Norris once or Steven Seagal twice? Uh Man, I mean, either way, I'm probably going to get beat. So I'm just going to go ahead and get beat once instead of twice and just go with uh, Chuck Norris. Very, uh, all right, yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good answer. I'd probably go with, uh, <laughs> I'd actually probably go with Steven Seagal because I feel like, especially for you and your size and, uh, I mean, your ability to run a, what is it, what, you ran a 489 at your pro day? Is that right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the fastest time was a, that a scout got me out was a 481. Well, look at that, 481 at uh, just uh, just about 300 pounds. I feel like you could shoot on Steven Seagal and take care of him, but uh, <laughs> we, we won't experiment. We'll just stick to the football stuff here. And second most <laughs> importantly, right now, top three bands or artists that are in your rotation, either on Spotify or MP3, iTunes, what do you like to listen to? Oh, man, top three it's it's always hard because I always just uh, put my music on shuffle and just kind of let it play. So man, this is kind of a tough question. Um, well, it doesn't even. It's what 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 kind of like uh, is there any specific genre, or are you just kind of a very eclectic guy and whatever moves he moves you? Uh, I, I think I think I like a, a pretty wide variety uh, of stuff. I mean, uh, I'm trying to think of what I was just listening to on the way to to a workout the other day. Um, I like, I like some, some older classic bands. I mean, I like, uh, before every game I'd listen to the Beatles, so I'd probably have to, to put wow. them up there. And uh, any, any particular Beatles song that gets you pumped up before a football game or just in no, general? Uh, just, in, uh, I mean, it's, <laughs> I guess it's not really like to get pumped up, you know, I kind of, I kind of like just being, uh, just kind of calm and, and, uh, uh, kind of just collected right before a game, you know? So, uh, I mean, if I had to pick a Beatles song, I'd probably go, uh, Oh, blah, Dio, blah, da was probably my, uh, probably my, my top choice. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Actually, uh, you're going to make James Seltzer very happy because I have this thing against the Beatles and it's really <laughs> hipstery and stupid. So, uh, you're making somebody happier and that's, that's all yeah, that matters. That's I don't know. My, my, yeah, my dad always just, I remember always whenever we'd be in the car with him, it was always his music, you know? So it was always, it was always the Beatles, uh, Neil Young, uh, uh, bands like Wilco. Uh, okay. Yeah. That's, that's yeah, in there. He's, he, he's, so that kind of rubbed off on me. So I kind of like the same the same music as him. Uh, but then, I mean, he's pretty popular right now. Post Malone is probably a guy that I listen to a lot. Um, he's kind of, uh, I mean, it's it's rap, but it, it's kind of the same thing. More mellow, a little more uh, calm than some rappers out there. Oh um, yeah, v- very familiar with the Post Malone. Yes, very much so. Uh, and he brought up your dad. You brought up your dad, and I feel like does that always happen during an interview? It's like, hey, uh, son of Dale Murphy, <laughs> you know, and that's kind of like a talking point for a lot of people. And I know that obviously you got to be you know, proud of that fact. And too, does it ever get to a point of like, guys, I'm I, I have a name, you know, it, it is McKay. Can we just get through that, or is, or do you kind of embrace that more or less? Uh, you know, I kind of I've kind of gotten used to it by now. It's I mean, obviously, it's something I've. I've I look up to him in every way. I mean, he's my dad. He's, he's been the, the best example to me. And, uh, I, I think, I, I don't think it bugs me as, as much as some people might think. Cause I've also seen the way that, that he handles it. Um, cause I mean, I remember playing little league baseball and, 
after every game, the other team would be coming up to him and their kids would be getting autographs and all the parents would be, I'd just be kind of sitting waiting for him uh, to, to wrap up. But that was the thing is he always, he always took time to, to, you know, engage with, with fans and, and talk to people who wanted to, to talk to him. And uh, so, I mean, there was probably some times where I was a little bugged, you know, kind of waiting in the car to go home. But I mean, I think it, it showed me a, a pretty good example of what it's like to be, you know, professional, how to, to interact with people. And, uh, so yeah, now I'm, I'm, I'm used to it. I mean, I know it's, it's uh, to some people, it's a pretty big deal. So yeah. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of baseball heads will, you know, they, they flip out over that. And I, you know, I especially do too. I mean, it's Stale Murphy. That was somebody I grew up watching. And, uh, I wonder now, does that even looking back on that, like you said, where you're, it's, it's sure you have a little disappointment going through there and now has that set you up as you're, uh, about to enter your NFL career, has that helped you in a way to kind of prep on on that side of it, and maybe even in interviews or teams that are talking to you? Uh, yeah, for sure. I think I think it definitely has. Um, I mean, again, like I said, I, I mean, I've I've been watching him my whole life. I don't I don't ever. I actually, he retired pretty soon after I was born, so I don't remember watching him play baseball. But I've watched him uh, just how he, how he treats people and, and how he, uh, interacts with them. And so, yeah, I'd like to think that it, it's kind of helped me in this situation. And I mean, he's obviously there to give me advice through it too. And I mean, I mean, yeah, I'd, I'd say it's been a huge benefit in this through this whole, uh, process that I'm going through right now. All right, let's talk about last year. Uh, you guys went eight and two in the regular season. You had a hell of a playoff run in the FCS, and you ran into those dirty sons of bitches from uh, James Madison University in what seemed to be like a, a kind of a, a slugfest. There, tell me, yeah. uh, tell me about last season and and how you felt at the end of it. Man, it was it was just super fun to be uh, a part of it. Um, it. It's kind of hard to talk about just last season without talking about. Uh, you know, the, the four years I was there because, you know, it, it was just so crazy. We got there my freshman year and we went, I think, two and eight. Um, and I know the few years before that, you know, they didn't, it was the same thing, went in one, two, maybe three games a year if they were particularly good that year. But uh, it was just so cool to kind of see it rise. I mean, we, we went two and eight. The next year, I think we went, oh, man six and four or something. I can't remember. I can't remember what it was. And then uh, my junior year, we made the playoffs for the first time. And then, yeah, this last year, it was just super cool to kind of see it come full circle and uh, come into a program that was, I mean, traditionally a losing program to, to just see it become, I mean, uh, as far as win loss, it was the, the best team in Weber state history. So it's just so cool to be able to, to look back and, you know, to think that I had, uh, I played a part in that. I mean, it was a pretty, pretty small part, but, uh, it was, it, yeah, I don't, I don't know how to, to describe it really. It was just awesome to be part of. Yeah. And I got a question for you. Cause you know, it's, I, I think there is a point in time where you have to look at North Dakota state and just go, you know what? Fuck you guys. Like, did they, are they kind of the Patriots of the FCS? And you're just going like, how you know the fuck Carson Wentz like god, god damn it like forget everybody that, that went through that school can they ever just stop for a moment uh have they become like that in the in the FCS there you know I I think in a way yeah uh but it it's also they're also kind of the I mean 
I don't think a lot of people like them, but at the same time, everybody wants to be them. You know, it's, I mean, they're, they're the best program in, in recent history. I, I don't know what it's like in all time FCS history, but I mean, obviously the, the best team in the most recent years for, for a long time. And, uh, it, so yeah, I mean, it, it, it bugs you to, cause I, I wish we got more chances to play them. We played them my freshman year and we actually played them pretty good. We lost, uh, 13 to seven, um, and then we, I think we played them again the sophomore year. I, I was hurt, so I didn't play. And uh, that was a pretty bad year. I, I think that was Carson Wentz's senior year. So that was, it was ugly. But, uh, but yeah, so, I mean, and, and you hate it because they're just so – they don't do anything super complicated. They're not uh, a big, flashy team, but they are, they're just tough and physical guys. And it's uh, – yeah, so, I mean, I, I, I don't think a lot of people like them, like I said, but at the same time, a lot of people kind of want to adopt uh, what they do and put it into their own programs. Yeah, it certainly helped my Iowa Hawkeyes because I still remember when I came down and beat the crap out of them too. So it's not, yeah. it is not fun for anybody to get beat uh, by North Dakota State. But let's talk about what you do kind of best. And and honestly, just I was I was looking at your huddle tapes and you you open up up, up against uh, Cal and the, you know the. The thing that I think gets talked about the most during the draft process, especially when it comes to the smaller school guys or the FCS guys, is they always want to see what you do up against bigger competition. Would you say that was a pretty defining moment for your season this year and how well you played? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I kind of went in with that mindset, too, that, you know, as, as far as, you know, looks I'm going to get or anything like that, they're probably going to look at this film. And then, you know, if we make it to the playoffs and uh, play some better teams, you know, those that film is probably what's going to stick out the most to scouts. And I remember I had a conversation before uh, the game actually started with uh, with our corner, uh, Taryn Johnson, who is a, is a pretty big uh, prospect right now. Uh, and he came up to me and we kind of had that same conversation. You know, this is the one that they're going to be watching. This is the this is the game where we need to, to you know, to, to really show what we got. And, I mean, Taron played, I think, one of his best games of the year. And then I think, yeah, that was probably my best game of the season. And it, so, yeah, it, was, it felt really good to to be able to put that on film. I always felt like, you know, I had the talent and ability to play at a bigger school. Uh, and I think some people kind of get upset when they end up at smaller schools. But that was that was my shot to prove it. And I think I, I, think I did a pretty good job. Well, you certainly did because you, uh, like you said, we had mentioned your pro day. What was your pro day like? Because from, you know, out of nowhere, here comes 10 scouts. are like, hey, uh, what do you do? What are you doing? How did you do that? Uh, you know, like getting really impressed by, you know, your athletic ability and turning in your times. Did that kind of go, was that a like, holy shit uh, moment for you? Or was was that kind of expected? Uh, I mean, as, as far as how I performed, uh, I think it was, I, I expected it. Um, there's actually a, a couple things I think I could have done a little better on. Um, I know my, my short shuttle and the, the L drill were, were pretty good times, but uh, all throughout training, I was running fast at times than that. So I was a little disappointed there, but then, yeah, I mean, when we were training, uh, I, I think the fastest I ever ran was a, was a four, eight, five. So, you know, I was, I was hoping I was going to be in that range on pro day, the, 
the indoor at Weaver State's a little tricky, so I was hoping it wouldn't slow me down at all. But uh, yeah, I, I so I expected the the performance, but uh, what I what I haven't really expected is kind of the aftermath, you know, uh, just the the teams being in contact with me and my agent, and I mean just just things like this, being able to to talk to people and get my name out there a little more. Uh, that that part uh, has definitely been has been unexpected. And the, certainly the, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you have met or talked to uh, the Eagles? Uh, so, yeah, I, I talked with, uh, at Pro Day, I talked with one of the, the Eagle Scout pretty often, uh, not often, but uh, we had a pretty good conversation there. Uh, and then, yeah, they've been in, in touch with my agent, so, um, so yeah. It's exciting, man. We would uh, we would love to have you uh, in an Eagles uniform just to just to be in this. And, and let's put it in perspective. And obviously, if you go and get drafted anywhere, you just want to play in the NFL. I think that's pretty much the goal of everybody here. But if you were in Philadelphia, uh, does that change your mindset at all of coming to a team where they've already won a Super Bowl? The you know all all the the discussions around the locker room have been culture and and how good the locker room is. And is there a difference when you go to a, a team that's already established versus one that needs you to be the guy? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I I think there there's definitely appeal to both. There's always there always there's always an appeal to have something you know. To, for you to be the focus and for you to be uh, someone to, to build around. And uh, I mean, that was, that was kind of what, what happened. Uh, I mean, I don't want to say I was the guy at Weber state or that I was, there was so many of us that, that played a part, but that was kind of what, what happened at Weber state. You know, we came into a losing program and, you know, probably the number one thing that needed to change was, was the culture. And so, uh, you know, it was kind of frustrating those first couple of years to kind of go through that process. So yeah, so it would be would be awesome to be a part of a team where you know that culture is already established because I think people really uh, underestimate that they they just put a lot of value on on the players and how athletic they are and different things like that. But I mean, really, if you don't have a team that that meshes well and and can play together, then uh, you're probably not going to have a very good team. And uh, so yeah, but I mean. That'd be awesome to to go to to go to a a team like Philadelphia and to to be a part of you know that culture there. Well, and then you can take down uh, the uh, Carson Wentz's face on your dartboard, and he can be your teammate, and everything's good then. So it's, it works out okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I speak. Mean, oh, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say it'd be it'd be awesome to play. I mean, obviously, I played against him my freshman year. Uh, kind of my claim to fame is is. I didn't. I didn't get a sack, but I hit him after, right after he threw the ball, right before halftime, and we all kind of thought he was dinged up and he wasn't going to come back for the, the second half. So we were like, oh, maybe there's, you know, he's out. Maybe we'll, we'll we can uh, pull this out. But uh, no, it'd be awesome to have a guy like that as a teammate. I mean, obviously things like his work ethic and uh, just his, I mean, his the the personality he brings. I think he's probably, you know, central to that culture there. So yeah, it'd be it'd be awesome to have him as a teammate. Uh, and speaking of just the, the schematic part of what you did at Weber State, I mean, it, it seems like a very, uh, you know, one gap. Uh, we're going to attack, 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 which is pretty synonymous with what Jim Schwartz does here. Was that kind of uh, the method to the madness there? And, and what do you think uh, was the best part of, of fitting in that scheme? Yeah, that was, I mean, basically what we did is it was gapped out. Uh, there, was, there was a couple of times when we'd play in like an off front or something where, you know, I'd be playing nose and I'd, I'd two gap it, but 
uh, yeah, uh, for the most part, it was gapped out. I just had to worry about protecting that one gap. And so I could be a little more aggressive with it. You know, I could just kind of let it rip. And as long as, you know, nothing came up my gap, I was doing my job. And, uh, yeah, it was just, I mean, I don't know. I just, I just love kind of that play style of being able to, to just let it rip and not having to be too cautious about, uh, you know, not having to think things through too much, I guess. But, uh, yeah. And a, and a lot on those, uh, the splash plays that you have, like on your highlight tape, I mean, there are some that I'm, I'm even, I, I gotta say, I'm blown away by how fast <laughs> you can get down the line on, you know, somewhere that it, you're not expected as a D tackle to even get to. It is, it felt very Brandon Grahamish to, you know, keep pursuing down the line and be a part of the, part of that tackling and, and the group tackling or just be the, the game, the, you know, the yardage saving guy that is, uh, so he doesn't the running back doesn't go out and break one. Was that something that you worked on? Was that something that you kind of came natural to you in your, your agility or, uh, you know, what's the difference between freshman year and senior year as a, as in that part of your game? Oh man. Uh, yeah, I think, I think part of it came naturally, but I think too, I mean, we, we would do things like the, the pursuit drill and different things like that. I mean, I don't know a team that doesn't do that, but we would, uh, I still have, I think some PTSD from, from doing that during fall camp, but, uh, but yeah, we would, we would drill that. And, uh, so it, it just kind of became second nature. You know, I'm not gonna, if, if someone still has the ball, I mean, unless the ball's thrown 60 yards downfield or something, but if, if someone still has the ball, you know, I'm going to be running after him. I'm not going to just kind of stop and, uh, you know, let him go if I think I can catch him. Uh, and that's the thing ever, ever since high school, I remember, uh, there was a game in high school where I, I ran down a wide receiver one time and it, it's just kind of, I've always kind of just trusted in myself and, and thought that I, you know, have the speed and, and, and agility to get to where I need to be to make a play. Like you said, whether it's in the backfield or whether it's, you know, 10 yards down the field to try and keep it from going any further. But, uh, I think that the biggest uh, change that, that why that started happening was probably just the confidence, uh, uh, both in myself, uh, and in that ability that I have, and also just, uh, my teammates and, and also the defensive scheme. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's probably the biggest thing that played a role in being able to, to make those adjustments from my freshman year to my senior year. Well, there he is. It's uh, McKay Murphy, the uh, defensive tackle now from former uh, Weber State, and uh, we wish you wish you good luck, man. If you end up in Philadelphia, let's uh, let's put that uh, Chuck Norris, Steven Seagal theory into uh, into practice. Maybe you can line <laughs> oh, that up, man. and that can be your first introduction to Philadelphia. I think that'd be fun. Oh, I might have to pass on that offer, but. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know if I want to step in the ring with either of those guys. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll keep we'll keep it light. Maybe we'll just do uh, you know <laughs> something fun like beers or something like that. But uh, we appreciate the time, McKay, and uh, of course, uh, be sure to uh, keep an eye on this guy as the draft process continues. Good luck to you, bud. Hey, thank you. I appreciate it. McKay Murphy joining the BGN Radio program. We thank uh, him and his a- agent Aaron actually that uh, set this whole thing up. So that uh, will do it for this bonus episode. Be sure to be on the lookout for, what are we on, episode 310 of the BGN Radio Podcast Plus. Just released, uh, we have the Kissed and Solak Show 
uh, episode 24 and 23. The latest one, 24, has a seven-round mock draft, not a seventh-round mock draft, as I uh, tweeted incorrectly earlier today, and it's a lot of fun. They argue back and forth, plus they have tons of articles up on BleedingGreenNation.com on what they think the Eagles should and might do uh, in this draft, so it's going to be a lot of fun. We will keep you updated on draft things as it goes along in, in coordinates with you know, meeting up together and doing stuff like that. Uh, there's been a lot of things that have been going up in the air. I can guarantee you one thing. We will be at the uh, Delaware Park Casino Saturday. That is day three of the draft, uh, I believe, right? Unless you're starting on Friday. It might be day two. Either way, Saturday uh, of the draft weekend, BGN Radio, 1 to 3 p.m., live from the casino at Delaware Park. So you can hang out with us there. We will be live broadcasting throughout the entire draft it won't be as cool because, duh, it's not in Philadelphia. But we're still working on some things, so we'll keep you updated on that. Until then, you can also go check out our Patreon uh, page, patreon.com slash BGN Radio. Vince Quinn just has the uh, the fourth quarter that was uh, a new fourth quarter that's just up there. Plus, Benjamin Solak, speaking of, uh, of draft season, has a great breakdown of uh, Jordan Wilkins, uh, the running back from Old Miss. He watches his tape uh, through Alabama. That's for our $10 Patreon subscribers. So make sure to do that. We're pretty close to our goal. It would be pretty sweet because we can keep doing more things and providing more content for you, and we appreciate your support no matter how you're giving it. Uh, once again, rate, subscribe, review, all that fun stuff. We will see you bright and early tomorrow with more more and more podcasts as uh, Don't Stop, Won't Stop right here on BGN Radio. We'll see you guys. Desmond has a barrow in the marketplace. Molly is the singer in a band. Desmond says to Molly, girl, I like your face. And Molly says this as she takes him by the hand. Oh, bloody, oh, la, la, life goes on. La, la, the life goes on. Oh, bloody, oh, la, la, life goes on. She begins to sing.